Hey, everyone. I am Stephanie Goss, and this is another episode of the Uncharted Podcast. This week's episode is being brought to you ad-free by our friends at Care Credit. This week on the podcast, Andy and I are joined by our guest, Melissa Gutierrez, who's the Senior Vice President and General Manager of Pets Best Insurance Services. And we get the pleasure of talking to Melissa this week about a very important question that Andy and I are both really excited to dive into, which is, is people insurance the problem with pet, with pet health insurance? We are going to talk about some of the differences between people and pet health insurance, how it works differently, and how do we educate our teams and ourselves so that we might stop linking it to people insurance if they really are so different and if it's detrimental to pet health insurance for that to be our dialogue. Let's get into this, shall we? And now, the Uncharted Podcast. And we are back. It's me, Dr. Andy Rourke, and Stephanie, the one and only Goss. How are you doing? <laughs> that was that was that was kind of a soft, quiet one, but I really like it. The, the one and only Goss. <laughs> I, I like yeah. it. I will I will wear the crown today. <laughs> the one and only my one and only. Um, how are you doing? I am great. We have a special guest with us today, which I'm really excited we about. We do have a special guest. Uh, Melissa Gutierrez is the Senior Vice President and General Manager of Pets Best Insurance Services. Thank you for being with us, uh, Melissa. Thank you. I'm really happy to be here. I uh, I am glad you're here. I wanted to, to have you on. You know, those of you who have listened to the podcast for a while know that I'm a big fan of pet insurance. I, I, I think it is rewarding for practitioners because pet owners who have pet insurance are excited to be compliant. They're excited to do the services. Um, I think it makes the whole money part of our job go away. It's a much more rewarding way to practice and, and they, they feel good about it. Yeah. And so um, anyone out there who has a practice where you talk about pet insurance and you have pet owners on pet insurance knows that you love to have pet owners on pet insurance because they come in and they're ready to do the things that are going to let us do our job. And so it is deeply rewarding. And also it it, um, it makes life easier when you have pet owners who can financially afford to do the things to take care of their pets. So I'm a big, big fan of it. I talk a lot about exam room communication. I talk a lot about how do we say things to pet owners? Uh, you know, how do we talk in the exam rooms? How do we communicate ideas? How do we put things into people's minds so that they get them? Like, I don't like to talk anybody into anything. I like for them to understand the reasoning behind what I'm saying and to act on their own accord and say, yes, this is something that I like. The reason I want to talk to you today is because you have a position that I've, I've come across recently that is very different than my own. And so I'm just going to be very candid at the very beginning and say, uh, I was, I, I want to have this conversation because what you talk about and how you talk about pet insurance is very different from how I talk about pet insurance. And I want to understand those differences. I want to understand the reasoning behind those differences. And I kind of want to understand your approach and your system so that I can incorporate into what I do or, or you know, I, I may need to update update the way that I talk about this. So does that sound okay? Sure, you bet. Okay, so I, I have always brought people into the exam room to talk about pet insurance. And it's one of those things, I think it's best to have the conversation early and often. So, you know, it's a whole lot easier. The worst thing is when, when people have a sick pet and you're like, oh boy, it would have been great if you had pet insurance. That doesn't help anybody. I have those thoughts. That's right. I, 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 I 100% have those thoughts. Don't, don't vocalize that. That doesn't help anybody. But but you, that's that's when everyone goes, oh, so so have have it early and often, right? Talk to them. Talk to them when they're when they're when they've got puppies and they got kittens. First time visits. I, I really think building that into the system is important. But the way that I have talked about it in the past is I have very much tied it 
to human health insurance. And the reason I have done that is because to me, uh, and again, this may be my own worldview, it's kind of a, a privileged position, I guess, where you look at uh, health insurance and you say, wow, that's something that's really important. And, and I think people may recognize the importance of that. And so when I talk about it, I do tie it to human health ins- insurance because I, I, I always felt like it helps people to get it. The other the other reason I, I try to tie it to human health insurance or have done that in the past is, in the early days of pet insurance, I remember I was a young doctor, maybe I was just setting the, the conversation up wrong, but early on, I would talk to people about pet insurance and I could see them running the math in their mind. And it was like, they wanted to make money on the deal. You know what I mean? They were like, which which one is cheaper? Is it cheaper <laughs> for me to hold my money or or do I get ahead doing this? Yeah. And so I, I mentioned human health insurance. And the reason I do that is because, I, and I'll say to them, it's like human health insurance. You don't want to win the game. You want to lose the game. I want, I want the CEO of uh, the health insurance company that I use 60 years from now to high five his colleague and be like, this work guy is 105 years old and has never made a significant claim. <laughs> like we have got so much of his money and paid out none of it. I'm fine with that, that that's ideal for me. Uh, and so I, I say that to get them to change their headspace. And so that is, that's kind of the approach that I've taken. You talk about distancing pet insurance from human health insurance. And why is it a good idea? So, so, so let me open the floor to you. Uh, go ahead, just, let's start broad. Uh, give me some background, I guess, on, on how you're looking at pet insurance, and then, and then let, let's walk together into uh, how, how, do, how do we communicate it, and, and, and the similarities, differences, and the communication strategies around that, and leveraging human health insurance, or, or not. Sure, and, and uh, again, Andy, Thanks very much for having me. I'm happy to be here and um, really excited to talk about pet insurance. I'm one of those people who said I would never, well, you should know my father was an insurance agent. (laughs) And uh, I said, you know, after I got out of college and he's like, well, you should maybe apply. And, you know, I said, well, I might get a job, but I will never stay in insurance. Uh, 33 years later, actually 34 years later, here I sit. So I'm one of those people who said they'd never do it. And I did it. And, uh, you know, my dad is uh, still laughing about that one. But (laughs) I spent a career in insurance. And I think you make a really valid point, which is lots of people do the math. And by that, I mean, right, they they tend to think of it as like a savings account. Like Mm -hmm. I'm going to be, I'm going to be putting my money in and I'm going to get my money out. And the reality of the matter is when you're paying an insurance premium, regardless of the product, what you're buying is protection. Mm-hmm. Yes. You're buying peace of mind. And many people don't think about it in that way. And so, you know, what I would say is that is one of the common things with human health. So, you know, if you use human health insurance as a way to just kind of tell people why protection is important, I think that's really valid. Our position on can human health insurance sort of be the problem with pet insurance has to do with a few key sort of misperceptions, I would say. Okay. So, mm-hmm. so fundamentally, they're both protection products. Um, you know, Pets Best was founded by veterinarians, and the idea was we never want uh, economic euthanasia mm-hmm. to exist, right? We're right. trying to, we're trying to, to, to move away from that. We want a pet parent to be able to do the right thing for the pet. And so when we talk about human health insurance being kind of the problem for pet insurance, there are a few key reasons we say that. 
One is pet insurance is regulated by the Departments of Insurance as a property casualty product. So it is fundamentally different, right, in terms of just the state insurance departments and how they look at it and how they treat it. Mm-hmm. And that shows up in a couple of ways. Um, number one, the concept of like a health maintenance organization or a network doesn't exist. So there are no preferred providers. Any veterinarian, including a specialty clinic, um, is going to be, you know, a a qualified practitioner. So that's a big one, right? Any licensed veterinarian uh, or emergency clinics, Mm -hmm. any of that, Mm -hmm. all covered by the plan. And I think a lot of times people think with human health, well, it's a different system or I need a referral to go to a specialist or, you know, I can't go to an ER that kind of thing. So that's one big difference. Um, the insurance policy is is between the pet owner and the company. So that's the other part, right? With human health insurance, you're obviously having a contract typically with the insured. And in mm-hmm. this case, the insured is the pet, uh, you know, and, and gotcha. but, the, but the contract is with is with the owner. And that I'll come back to that in a minute because it's it, there is an important nuance here. Um, you know, I think, I think what I would say too, about some of these differences, one thing is, you know, that's better for the vet. And you said why I think, I think that it's better for the veterinarian because pet insurance is a lot easier than it is for a medical insurance practitioner Mm -hmm. or physician. When you think about, you know, it's easy, right? The veterinarian doesn't have a lot of involvement. Uh, their cash flow is still their cash flow because they get paid right at, right up front. Right. And then the policyholder is reimbursed after the service. But a key point here, too, about kind of how the contract worked is a big difference with medical insurance or, you know, traditional health care and pet insurance is there's not uh, the carrier or the insurance carrier provider doesn't really dictate a treatment plan. So it's not like if you have condition A, the acceptable treatment is condition B mm-hmm. or I mean, is, is treatment B. So condition A treatment B. Basically, in this case, the uh, policyholder who is the pet parent and the veterinarian are consulting on what's the best thing to do for the pet. Mm-hmm. And there's no prescribed treatment plan. There's no, you have to do it this way. So in many cases, right, with medical insurance, you've got specialty drugs that you need to get like uh, go before an approval board or you need to appeal. It's not really that way in pet insurance. You know, the, yeah. the, the treatment plans are a little uh, less prescriptive, if you will. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I think that's one of the great flexibilities in, in pet insurance, right? It's um, I've never I've never had a pet insurance company come back and ask me about my treatment protocol. They've always it's always been just it's always been a pretty, pretty good process. I think a lot of people uh, in vet medicine, you know, we look at human medicine for obvious reasons and we look for parallels. And uh, the rise of insurance in human health care uh, was a rather terrifying thing for practitioners. And mm-hmm. so I, I think that um, I, I think that the the system that we have where pet owners get reimbursed and that's not a, a big a process inside the vet hospitals, I think that, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Have there been changes in the way during the pandemic that pet owners uh, interface with pet insurance? I mean, so the communication process, how has that been streamlined for them? How are how are they communicating differently than they did back in the pen pen and fax machine days uh, <laughs> of years of years past? Yeah, no, really, you know, really a great question. I mean, pet insurance is, you know, is, I guess what I would call uh, a newer and kind of more emerging product, but certainly those of us that have, uh, you know, apps that can allow for scanning an invoice and uploading 
your invoice and that kind of thing are at an advantage. I think you, we, we have seen that increase because people don't want to work in person. And so, you know, for us, while I would say the, I don't know that, that uh, the pandemic brought on a really significant change. I do believe that it forced all of us to be more innovative in the way, you know, we worked with consumers who maybe weren't comfortable with an app, for example. Mm -hmm. But most of us who had apps, what you have now is a lot of people who are willing to do services on the app, upload their claim Mm -hmm. where it might have been pen and paper in the past. And I think back to when I first started in vet med and having the conversation about pet health insurance with with clients. And when you think about human health care, the one good thing as the client or the consumer is I I don't have to deal with the paperwork on the insurance side in the beginning, right? Like my, my doctor's office deals with all of that. And so when I started in veterinary medicine, that was often a hurdle with a lot of owners to your point, Melissa, because a lot of the companies didn't have apps back then. They were, it was pen and paper. They had to do the paperwork and, and that was scary for a lot of them. And they were just like, this is too much work. I'm not interested in doing all of that work, right? So I certainly appreciate the changes that have happened uh, in in recent years and the uptick, I think, in clients who are like, oh, this is super easy. And I appreciate the changes that we as an industry have made to support that because I think that that was, that was a barrier that we didn't help clients solve for a really long time. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, the other thing that is really great about pet insurance, again, not necessarily pandemic driven, but certainly, uh, you know, what I would consider to be highly innovative, but also related to the fact that it's a PNC product rather than a health product Mm -hmm. is the sign up process is so quick and easy. Mm -hmm. I mean, Mm -hmm. listen, I worked in, you know, I worked with standard property casualty, like automobile insurance for many years. And, you know, you're talking about an application that's pages long, right? Mm -hmm. Or with medical insurance pages long. And with pet insurance, it is so quick and easy. It's like, you know, a handful of questions and you're, you're done, you're in. Mm -hmm. And so, um, what I think has been really great about it is some of those kinds of tech improvements And then on the claims front, you know, what we're starting to see is you have all kinds of new technology coming in that makes an easy process even easier. So optical character recognition where an invoice can be read and scanned right into your phone. The quality of the image maybe used to be a problem, but Mm -hmm. now, you know, uh, the, the technology can kind of, you know, if your receipt's been crumpled in your back pocket for a while, right, the technology can kind of, uh, address that and make yeah. it even easier. So it's, it's just become unbelievably easy. And um, I have, uh, I have a little, uh, a cat, my, well, I have two cats, but my, um, my most loving cat, his name is Elvis. And okay. Elvis, <laughs> um, Elvis was a stray. And, you know, we went, I went to my gym where I, where I work out and um, Jamie had found Elvis and um, she was looking for a home for him. And, Long story short, because he was a stray, I went to get him pet insurance with Pets Best, uh-huh. and he was uninsurable. However, on the app, they basically said, well, because he, you know, he's not eligible for medical insurance, but he is eligible for an accident-only policy. Would you want this coverage for Elvis? Right? Quick and easy. And so one of my cats has the full medical policy. The other one has accident-only because he has an underlying condition, uh, an autoimmune issue that you know, mm-hmm. makes him uninsurable. But I was still able to get coverage for him. So, you know, uh, in the case of accidents, bites or, 
car, whatever the case might be, you know, he's still going to have some coverage. Can can you speak at, at sort of a high level to start off with about the perceptions and misperceptions that you see in pet owners? Like, what, do you think that they get it when they start first see these policies? Uh, yeah, so just going from there, I guess. Do you think that pet owners tend to get it? And if not, where are their points of confusion? I think they, uh, here's what I, I think they don't get and where their points of confusion are. And, and that's, it's related to, so let me tell you how, how pet insurance compares to a lot of other insurance. We get a lot more claims. Mm-hmm. So as a percentage, and if you look at, if you look at a hundred people buying an insurance policy, pet insurance will get far more claims than any other insurance policy you would buy. Sure. So people buy the product to use it. And that takes me to the misperception. I think that the misperception is very often, you know, if I have an animal and they have a condition and it's going to require a $5,000 surgery and I know about that condition, I'm going to go buy an insurance policy for 20 bucks a month and get that surgery paid for right out of the gate, right? Mm-hmm. That's the misperception. And so that is what's known as a pre-existing condition. And the truth is, depending on your medical plan, you know, there were plenty of, of time, plenty of years, like before healthcare reform, when pre-existing conditions were also very much excluded on medical plans, and in some cases still are, right? Uh, group medical plans, less so, but many medical plans, pre-existing conditions are excluded. So that's the big misperception is, I have an animal and they've been diagnosed with a condition. Mm-hmm. And uh, instead of, and, and, and the doctor says, you know, they need this treatment. And I know that and I go buy pet insurance and think I, I you know, that that condition will be covered. That's right. the big misperception. Now, yeah. the risk of a condition is a very different thing. But actually knowing that that condition exists, right, and, and uh, having been diagnosed and then, and then purchasing insurance and thinking it'll be covered. So pre-existing conditions or existing medical conditions is the big area, I think, of confusion and frustration for everyone. I think one of the challenges that we uh, in the clinic have to to your point that you were just making, Melissa, is that for a lot of clients, when we're talking to them about pet insurance, if there is a pre-existing condition, Elvis is a great example, right? Most people don't see beyond that. They're like, I, well, they have this thing. I'm not going to qualify. And so what is the point? And I think where we really struggle, and I, I know I have faced this with my own team in the past, is we in the veterinary field understand the risk factors for a bajillion other things that could happen to a pet in the course of their lifetime that have nothing to do with the fact that their pet uh, has an autoimmune disease, for example, right? So we we can see the value in accident-only support or riders that would help support the patient if things go awry in a million other ways. The clients don't understand that because they are just looking at the problem that is in front of them. They don't have that medical knowledge for the most part, right? So I think that is where we struggle um, as a as an industry and as individual teams to really explain to clients the benefits. And I think a lot of times where where we are part of the barrier for for clients accessing that care because they don't they don't get it. And so they're just like, I'm not I'm not going to bother. Right. Um, And then and then it's only when a pet experiences something like having an accident or getting hit by a car, getting bitten or, for example, where they're like, oh, 
I wish I had thought about that because this could have been helpful. Right. And then the conversation's angry. (laughs) Yeah, it is. That's an excellent point. And, and I do, I think it's got to be very interesting for the veterinarian who, um, who does see all those risks because it's really what we were talking about in the beginning, which is what you're buying when you're paying an insurance premium is protection. And, you know, if, if you're really, if, if you don't enter into it, if, if the policyholder, uh, the pet parent doesn't enter into it with too many sort of defined parameters around when they're get, what they're getting, they are getting some level of protection. You just have mm-hmm. to kind of pay attention to, mm-hmm. you know, what am I covered for and what am I not covered for? And I, mm-hmm. that's a, you know, again, it is a common, it's a common misunderstanding because when we, when we go back to uh, people insurance, people health insurance versus pet health insurance, generally, generally, pet medical insurance is for an unexpected event, right? It's not, it doesn't typically cover wellness or a well check. Now, in some cases that can be purchased, Mm -hmm. but it's usually an additional premium. It's an additional charge. And in some cases it's not available. Mm -hmm. So not all pet, you know, not all pet insurance includes wellness, where with human health insurance, Wellness is a given. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What? So let me ask you this. So as someone who has pet insurance on his own pets, as a doctor, like I, I have, I have my own policies on my own, on my own bad dog, uh, <laughs> because because he's because he's bad. He lit, he literally threw up one of my kids' socks right before I sat down to do this recording with you. Like that's that's what I'm dealing with here. And so he's insured <laughs> because because uh, emergency work, uh, especially referral things like that, it's, it's always worth to me. Um, I I have always been a bit surprised by how reticent some pet owners are to to get signed up. What what do you what do you think the main points that um what are, what are the main points I guess that that slow pet owners down or what what are the where's the disconnect there? I mean, if you were gonna uh, take a take a stab at the mind of the pet owners, what, what what are the pushback points? I think no one wants to believe that their animal will need that kind of care. You know, so, and that's one of the challenges with insurance marketing in general, which is it's what you call an unsought good because nobody wants to think about the stuff you're getting protected from. Right. And so for me, like when you buy a new pet, you don't want to be thinking. Now, there are a few people like my husband, who's a chemical engineer. So he was trained in a chemical lab. He is trained to think about the worst case scenario, right? (laughs) But but for most of us, most of us, when we buy a new pet, we don't think what could go wrong, right? We're just thinking about the walks and yep. The, yep. the kisses and the snuggling. And so I think that for, it's a human nature problem, which is you don't want to actually think about that terrible thing happening to your pet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's super insightful. And it, it makes a ton of sense. I love the term unsought good. Like that's, that's emergency medicine, isn't it? I mean, really is no one, no one is planning like who's, Who's going to be the right emergency clinic for me when I have to go? They, they, nobody wants to think that way. So, talk, so let's let's take this a little bit and, and flip it to the other side. And so, what is the what is the hesitancy among veterinary teams? What are the, what are the mistakes that you see, or what do you think holds vet practice teams back from making good recommendations, or to be able to navigate this, or or have effective conversations with pet owners? Um, I think largely it's the probably the the desire. Well. For a veterinary professional, I think it is the desire to be objective and to um, want to deliver the best care, right, separate and distinct from any individual insurance product. You know, to me, 
And we run into it a lot. And I, I completely understand that no veterinarian wants to really endorse kind of, I shouldn't say no, but very few veterinarians want to endorse an individual product, which mm-hmm. makes sure. mm-hmm. a lot of sense, right? Sure. Um, but I do think those tools that allow for, you know, have you thought about getting protection for your pet and you can go to this website or you can, you know, get online here and just compare to find something that provides protection. To me, that's an easy referral. And I think that's really all they want. I mean, so I think number one, it's it's they want to be objective. They don't want to be um, seen as aligning to any individual organization. I think tools are in place today to keep that from happening. My guess is the second challenge is they're busy. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, like today, you know, we're especially with the pandemic, right? We're all, you know, home more with our animals more paying attention to things that might be going wrong with them more and, you know, keeping uh, veterinarians busy who probably are challenged to to even staff their operations with the way the job market is today. And so I think a lot of it is time, but, but to me, you've got to open that door a little, right? You've got to, it's almost like you have to look at pet care as it's the health of the pet, but it's also the ability to, to pay for that care of the pet. And even if it's just the matter of saying, have you thought about insurance? Yeah, that totally makes sense. As far as making the recommendations goes, I guess what I, what I always do and what I always teach is I, I like I like to have two uh, I like to have two options for people that I can say to them here are two different uh, options that a lot of our clients use, and you know and, and give them some guide because there's so much there's so many companies out there and a lot of them are just places like fly by night institutions and places I've never heard of uh, you know what I mean and, and just it's option paralysis too they go and they Google pet insurance there's a million things. I, I'm with you. I, I don't. I don't like to make a specific recommendation, other than to say here are two or three that our clients use and seem to be happy with. And if you know, if we get to a place and and we're not happy with the service that our clients are getting, then we'll stop recommending them. And but I feel like that's us not making a strong pointed singular recommendation, but still giving pet owners guidance. You know, so that they just don't get get overwhelmed. You know, um, you talked about um, the being busy. I, I think that that is an excellent point. I've been thinking and talking a lot recently about present bias, which is the sort of the natural instinct that we have to do the thing that gives us the immediate benefit, right? Like check it off our list. What is the short-term win? And the short-term win when you're overwhelmed is to get this get this case out the door, you know, treat them and straight them <laughs> and get, get, them, get them back out. Um, the the, the problem with that, you know, if, if you always take the short term thing is you're passing up on the longer benefit. And and I, I think that that's true in pet insurance is if I lean into we got to get them in and get them back out. It's the same thing with nutrition, right? And, and, and dental health. Those are the easiest things in the short term that I can cut from my routine. But all three of those things have significant downstream effects. You know, um, it's it really is. I, I think it's about it's about leaning into systems, and, you know, and having a program where we are busy but we still cycle through these things. And I think, you know, on that point, I mean, it's, it's a really insightful point, Andy. And when, when you think about being a care provider, being a service provider, right, it's all about relationship. Yeah. And to me, people will come back time after time after time when they have that relationship. And so making sure that the patient is fully looked after is part of it. And so, you know, it's, it's again, I, I don't, I think there's probably a misperception that you have to be an expert in pet insurance to bring it up, but I think it's just enough to say, have you considered it? It might be of help. Lots of information available, you know, and and as you said, even a couple of choices or here's where you can go look. Yeah, I, I I think that that's really important. I think, you know, 
I'll add, I want to add one to your list of, of reasons I think that that it doesn't get broader, it doesn't get communicated well. It's almost like it's it's tied into the um, the unsought good idea for the pet owners, and I hadn't seen it from from their side of the table. I I don't like to bring up scary things to pet owners. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I don't want to be the one who's like, "Hey, your pet is going to get sick. Like it, it's coming. It's 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 in the cards for all of us." Uh, you know, like it's not. A, that's not a relationship building conversation. And no. so I think a lot of us, you know, we don't say, hey, love your puppy. Super beautiful. You know, these dogs get hip dysplasia. And <laughs> yeah, like, so I, I really I think I think having some <laughs> phrases and some graceful ways to Stephanie's dying, the graceful ways to bring these up. I, I think that that's really important. But that's the type of planning that we have to do is, you know, what are you going to say? How do you open the how do you open the door? Um, how do you bring up the fact that, hello, you just bought a Cavalier King Charles Spaniels yes. and they are wonderful, <laughs> loving, <laughs> loving creatures who have bad hearts uh, often. You know, um, you bought a boxer. Come here. We need to talk. Um, I think that I, I'm, we're joking around, but but this stuff is important, right? Like, I, I like you have a Dotson. Uh, totally we true. need to talk about wh why I see Dotsons in the middle of the night, um, and 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 what that means, and so that you can be prepared. And so I, I, it's we joke and we laugh, but that that is the real challenge, right? And so have we thought about our phrases? Have we talked to our staff about how we bring these things up and how we present them? And so one, I, I really do think is we have to be willing to wade into those into those waters and say, hey, I am your veterinarian and I care about the long-term health of your pet. And so we're going to talk about the long-term health of your pet today and bring that up. And the other thing, I, I really think this is a simple thing, but it, it falls off the radar. You know, it's rare for anyone to say to me, hey, Andy, here's a really good idea. And, and for me to go do it, I'm just, I'm busy like everybody else is. I need to hear that three or four times. Like, hey, have you done this? Have, <laughs> did, you, did you get to this? I'm not convinced that if you really want pet owners to have pet insurance and be able to use it, that you can bring it up at the first visit and, and put it aside and never revisit it. I, I think you have to have a graceful way to uh, to just bring back up and say, hey, last time you were here, we talked about this. Did you go in that direction at all? Did you did you research in the pet insurance? And I will say that I think having having been on the floor and having to be the one to be like, oh, crap, did I remember to have the the pet health insurance conversation, right? When it's a new puppy or a new pet, it's easier. But to Andy's point, for those follow-up visits where you know you should be saying it, you're pressed for time. And you that yeah. is often the first thing that goes out of your mind. And I will tell you, for our listeners right now who are thinking, like this is just one more thing I have to add to my list. There was a really very simple, subtle change that um, we made in one of my prior practices that made all of the difference in the world. And it was when everybody checked in at the front desk, the CSR team started asking clients, are we billing pet insurance today? And uh, it was that started the conversation and it started it before the exam room. And it was one of those things that we did. We thought this is never going to work, but it made all of the difference in the world, both for the clients and for our team. Because then if the client said yes, we would make sure, did we have their forms? Did we have an email to send them a copy of their invoice so that they could s submit it to the insurance company? Um, and if they said no, the CSR team could flag it so that the exam room assistant or the technician helping the doctor had a visual cue of like, this is a client who who probably needs some information. And it was so, so simple, but it made a huge difference. And I think that is 
one of the barriers to Andy's point, everyone is so overwhelmed and everyone is like, I can't add another thing into the list. And so we don't start those conversations because we feel like I know I have been there feeling like I don't really know how to completely explain insurance and I'm afraid I'm going to screw it up and I don't want to come across as a salesman. So I'm just not going to say anything. And to your guys' points earlier, like it's really easy to just say, Hey, have you thought about insurance? But I think for a lot of uh, veterinary team members, that is really the pain point for them is like, I don't really know what to say. It's a lot more time and I'm not sure I can get into this conversation right now. So I'm just not going to say anything and they're not doing it. Uh, you know, with any malintent, but but it is it is um, not good for the pet in the long run when we think about it from that perspective, right? I, well, I love that you set it up that way, right? So social proof is a big part of wellness. Uh, everybody wants to believe that what they're doing is the normal thing to do. Nobody wants to be the one person who's got pet insurance, right? Mm-hmm. They, they, that, that clearly means that I'm the odd one out here. And so when the front desk says, uh, are we billing pet insurance? Are you paying with pet insurance today? Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have the paperwork? Do you need me to pull it up? Mm-hmm. Uh, it normalizes it. Like they wouldn't ask if other people weren't also doing this. Mm-hmm. And it's a simple way to get to gain trust and to be, build some credibility into the recommendation that you make. I think I think some basic training, uh, just basic training on how pet insurance works, I think is super important. Of this podcast will be uh, will be a, a benefit for for staff training as well. I mean, I. I I, I think that everybody needs to have some comfort with how it works just so they can talk about it at a basic level. I would say beyond that, you don't need to know all the ins and outs. And what I would say is every every policy is different. Every company is going to be different. You need to know the basic functioning mechanism of pet insurance, how it works, and then be able to say, here are some companies that our clients use and seem to be happy with. Here is the information. Reach out. You can get all the information you need from them. Mm-hmm. And, and that's as far as our people need to go down that path. But they at least need to have a basic understanding of what they're recommending and why they're recommending. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Melissa Gutierrez, thank you for being here. Uh, thanks for taking time uh, talking with us. Is there any final points that you want to make? Uh, any words of wisdom? Uh, any uh, any mistakes that we should make sure to avoid <laughs> as we go out into the world? No, it was absolutely a pleasure. I have I have uh, no no edits. I think it was it was a joy talking to both of you and really appreciate it. I've learned a few things myself. And well, thanks. Um, yeah, it's really very fun, fun. Uh, spending this afternoon with you. Well, definitely come back and see us again. Uh, guys, uh, thanks so much for being here. Stephanie Goss, anything from you? No, ha- uh, we are recording this right before before the holidays. So I'll say happy holidays to everybody, even though it'll probably be after the holidays when this comes out. But uh, have a great week, guys. Yeah, see you guys. Take care. Take care. Thanks so much for being with us this week, everyone. We really enjoyed the opportunity to have this conversation with Melissa. And once again, we want to thank our friends at Care Credit for sponsoring this week's episode. If you or your team wants more information about Pets Best, you can check out their website at petsbest.com. We'll see you all again soon. Take care, everybody.